Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Great Scott Show going up on a Tuesday. Got a big show for you today. Uh, Tuesdays this time of year is typically when I have a couple of interviews with UL basketball coaches in addition to other stuff. We're going to do that uh, tomorrow. We're going to have uh, Gary Broadhead on. We'll visit with Coach Marlin. Also, Jake DeLome will be on the show tomorrow. Looking forward to talking with Jake. Uh, but the reason we're uh, we're not talking to uh, Gary and Bob uh, this hour, and we'll do that tomorrow, is because the new UL head football coach, Coach Michael Desermo, will be on with me in about uh, 13 minutes, quarter after the hour. We will talk to him about a lot of stuff. You don't want to miss it. Be his first uh, one-on-one interview since accepting the job as head coach, since his promotion, and uh, we're we'll, looking forward to it. First of many interviews between he and I, but uh, looking forward to this one. I've, I've talked to Mike before. I mean, I, I've talked to Coach when he was a player was covering the Cajuns, and I guess that makes me old since now I'm covering a head coach that used to play for the team and I was covering the team. Either that or just the fact that, you know, some I, I, I might throw my back out just by standing up too fast. That's probably another sign I'm getting old. We'll visit with Coach Des. And uh, Jay Walker, as he is each Tuesday, will be in studio with me from 8 to 9. We will have plenty to dig into, and I'm uh, looking forward to that as well. A uh, couple of things to get into first. A couple of football stories. Number one, I, I, I don't know what it was like to watch football in the 1960s, or rather I should say, I didn't know what it was like until that game last night on Monday Night Football. I mean, outside of a big 64-yard run and two-point conversion by the Patriots, the wind was so severe in Buffalo, 40-plus miles an hour, that the Patriots won a game when their quarterback completed two passes. This was not Army versus Navy this Saturday. This was not Georgia Southern versus Georgia Tech from 12 years ago. No, this was an NFL Monday night game between two teams who were battling for the top of the AFC East and two teams that felt like, you know what, the winner of this game could set themselves up for a nice run, possibly to the Super Bowl. And what did the Bills do? A team with a lot of talent. The Bills did what they've done all year. They lost a close game. Every game the Bills have won this year have been by 15 or more. In fact, outside of their 15-point win against the Dolphins, they beat the Chiefs by 18. They beat the Washington football team by 22. They beat the Saints by 25. They beat the Dolphins by 35. They beat the Texans by 40. I mean, if it's a game that's not close, they're just dominating the team. If it's a close game, forget about it. They can't get it done. Now they got to play Tampa Bay next week on short rest on the road. And then they got to go to um you know New England again later in the season. I mean, it was 
It was there for the taking, and they couldn't get it done. Got into the red zone twice, came away with zero, zero, zero points. And yes, I, I, Josh Allen is fun, and I love his arm strength. And oh my God, he's throwing these passes into the wind. This is insane. That's all cool. It didn't equal a win. And then I got to listen to everybody again, just marvel. Bill Belichick is the best coach ever. One of the best, but let's not just glaze over all that cheating back in the early 2000s. Go back and watch a playoff game against the Titans. The defense knowing exactly every single pre-snap read Steve McNair was doing. Why? Because they had videotaped it. Anyway, I'm not going to spend more time on it. I just have to throw that out there every time somebody brings up the great Bill Belichick. Let's not forget about some of those things. The Patriots dominated the line of scrimmage. Dominated it. Sean McDermott cannot... I mean, he just... they can't win the close ones. And the Bills fans were cool. I mean, it was it was a lousy game on Thanksgiving for the Saints. It was a lousy game for anyone that watched it. Unless you were a Bills fan, but their fans were nice. They've been through a lot. They're a team that, if you're not in the AFC East, if you're not a Pats, Dolphins, or Jets fan, it's not like you're rooting against Buffalo. You either got nothing against them. You're kind of like, well, I mean, they're not my favorite team, but I be nice for their fan base if they could do something. Not at my team's expense, but, you know, if my team's out of it, sure, go ahead. They are that team. And so, yeah, it would be cool to see them in the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. Not when you can't win a close game. Every single one of their losses, with the exception of the loss to the Colts, which was bad, have been by one possession. Seven or less. They lost by seven. They lost by three on multiple occasions. They lost by four last night. And then in the game where they turned it over, which felt like 50 times, they got crushed by the Colts. It's just weird, man. The difference between winning and and losing the coin flip games is the difference between winning and losing a Super Bowl. Go back and look at Super Bowl winners and look at their close games. One possession games. How many did they win? How many did they lose? Every one possession game the Bills have been in this year, they've lost. Every one of them. Every, every, you know, every non-one possession game they've been in, right? You win or lose by eight or more, they're, they're six and one. Check that. They're seven and one. Can't get it done. Heisman Trophy finalist announced. And let's be real. The quarterbacks that are in there, Kenny Pickett of Pitt, C.J. Stroud of Ohio State, Bryce Young of Alabama, they're fine. They're fine. They're good players. They're good players. If they were on other teams outside of those three, they would not be invited to the Heisman ceremony. Michigan defensive end, Aiden Hutchinson, is the best player among those four. There has been no clear front runner this year. In my opinion, there should have been more defensive players invited other than the quarterbacks. Will Anderson Jr. of Georgia. Jordan Davis, my God. Jordan Davis from Georgia. I mean, those those guys are better. 
And Aiden Hutchinson, that dude. He, as far as the guys that were invited, he deserves to win it. And right now, he is projected to be the number one overall player in the 2022 draft. I mean, Michigan's got some history. They've got some guys that have won Heisman's on the defensive side of the ball and Charles Woodson. I mean, he's the only defensive player to ever win the Heisman, which is wild. The Heisman's largely won by offensive players. Michigan, they got defensive players that have at least been in the mix. Woodson won it, and then Jabril Peppers was nominated. Got the invite. Heisman Trophy will be presented this Saturday. I don't know how much interest there is in it, but talk to Jay Walker about that more in the 8 o'clock hour. Louisiana Ragin' Cajun head football coach Michael Desermo will be joining me next. He's got a lot of history at UL. As a player, played under Ricky Bussell. As a coach, coached under Mark Hudspeth and then under Billy Napier. And now he's the head coach. And his promotion to head coach had a strong reaction that was all over the map on Sunday afternoon. I don't know how much he's noticed because he's been on the road recruiting and he's been extremely busy. But we're going to talk to him about that and much, much more. Don't go anywhere. Scott Prather. This is ESPN Lafayette now at 103.3 on the FM, 1420 on the AM, as always, and via the ESPN Lafayette app or streaming worldwide. If you're listening on the app this morning, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market and the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Michael Desermo, next on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sportsbook because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home and to celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is the NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. 
As promised, joining me now, the head football coach of Louisiana's Ragin' Cajuns, Michael Desermo. Good morning, Coach. How are you? Good morning, Scott. I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Have, have you slept much here over the last week or so? Um, no, I've not, you know, but it's, uh, you know, that's kind of part of it sometimes. So does it does does it still sound weird, or are you used to it, uh, UL head football coach? Well, no, you know, I'm, I'm still, that's what uh, Bruner came down here, and he's like, you know, you get a new office with this gig, right? Uh, you know, I was like, well, I said, you know, I'm still, I got all my stuff in here, so, um, you know, yeah, it, it's still very new. Um, you know, uh, it's still, you know, obviously very exciting and everything, um, you know, but it, there's really kind of not time to sit around and kind of and, and focus on all those things. There's just a lot of stuff that, that you got to hit the ground running with, so that's what we're we're trying to do, and I'm sure at some point it'll settle in and feel real. Yeah, yeah. It's like you don't have time to process at all because you got too much work to do. I know, you know, I, I guess what Billy took maybe two weeks off during the year. So uh, if it's somewhere like that with you, it probably won't be till you have a little bit of time on a vacation where you're like, man, what what happened? This last last couple months have been nuts. But you get that coaching job. There's early signing day. There's a bowl game. There's a lot happening. Let me ask you this, coach. How often are you called Desormo, because I, I keep correcting folks. It's Desormo. How often do you hear it, and you even bother to correct them? No, I don't correct people anymore. Uh, you know, I remember when I first got uh, got to school here. You know, and you're in class, and they, you know, they'd say Desormo. I used to always, you know, correct the <clears throat> teachers or professors, whatever. And eventually, after a couple of years, it was just like, yep, you know, that's me. So, uh, you know, I, I don't correct people a whole lot anymore. I still get Desormo quite a bit, uh, you know, but uh, it's. You know, it's not it's not a big deal. I tell my dad all the time, I said, we can't make up our own minds. Half of our family says Desormo, half of them say Desmo. So, you know, uh, shoot, my dad has first cousins that say Desormo. So, like, I, you know, I can't be mad at other people for that. What, what What's the most the name's been butchered? I mean, I'm around here. I'm sure it's Desermo or Desormo, but, you you know, you played in the NFL practice squad. You, you know, you went to Canada and the CFL for a little bit. Like, I'm sure outside of Louisiana, you've probably heard some interesting pronunciations of it. Yeah, you know, I've heard Desmorex, uh, Desmorox, you know, I've heard, I've heard a bunch of different things. Um, you know, so I've, I've kind of, I've heard it all. And, you know, it's, uh, it's always kind of funny to hear people, when people, you know, I meet them for the first time. They, how do you say your last name? Oh, just, just like it, pronounce it just like it looks. And they kind of look at me funny. So, you know, it's kind of, uh, they, uh, they try to, they try to get it right, but it, uh, it, it's, certainly uh takes a little time you have to be you have to be you have to speak the language so to speak yeah desmarex desmarox uh, that's that's unbelievable uh coach michael desimo oh, i guess i'm sorry go ahead no i've gotten some good ones for sure uh all right a uh, very important question no one else cares only me and then we'll get into what everyone else cares about uh, what's your favorite beastie boys song of all time you know so i'm i'm gonna tell you this i you know the Beastie Boys. I, I was I was born in the '80s, so you know the Beastie Boys are a little a little bit before kind of my my prime listening time. But uh, Intergalactic was probably one of them because it was late '90s, I think, something uh-huh. like that. So yeah. that's kind of, I, I remember that a little bit better. Uh, I liked that one whenever that one came out. Oh, that's a great. One. All right, that's good choice. Well done, good choice. So. Normally in my first interview with a new head coach, I asked him why they took the job. And most would look at your background and history within the program and say, you know, Scott, you really don't need to ask that. But there's a lot of people in your field, coach, who enjoy being an assistant coach. 
right? Contrary to popular belief, not every single coach wants to be a head coach. Why did you want this job as much as you did? Well, you know, I mean, the obvious reasons and that it, it's, it's so personal for me just being from here and, and having played here and all those things, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's part of it. But like you said, that's not, you know, my, my goal in this thing was never, it was never like, I want to be the head coach here one day. That's what I want to do. That's, you know, I mean, it was, that was never really, when I took the job here, it was never with that type of intention. It was, you know, really just because I was interested in doing it on this level and I wanted to see what that was all about and see if it could be as much fun and see if you can, you know, as much, have as much of an impact on, on the kids as you could in high school. And, uh, you know, truthfully, when, when all this stuff kind of started to transpire, uh, more than anything, it was just kind of like all the people in this building that have bought in and believed in the things that we asked them to believe. And I'm talking about coaches, support staff, players. I'm talking about everybody in here. Um, you know, they've jumped in with both feet and they have just, you know, taken the things that we've preached and the things that we said were important and run with it. And, you know, in my mind, whenever it kind of started to become real, it was like, you know, well, what's going to happen to everyone who believes in everything that we do if, you know, if this thing, you know, if we're, if we're all gone, if someone from the outside comes in and wants to change things. And, you know, in my mind, I just felt like, you know, I believe wholeheartedly in the way that we've done things and the foundation and the blueprint, what we put together. And I know that our kids do, and um, I know our coaches do. And so in my mind, it was just, I really wanted it because I, I feel like it's just a starting point for where we could continue to go. Um, and, you know, I just, I didn't want to see what we had going in, to be honest with you. Coach Michael Desimo, our guest, ESPN Live. He had the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather. I want to circle back to something you said um, before your explanation uh, in terms of sort of continuing to ascend with the way things are being done right now. You said you got into it, you know, when you joined HUD staff years back, you never thought, I want to become the head coach at Louisiana. You know, many of us felt like, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I think many knew that at some point Napier's time at UL would likely come to an end, that he would ex- eventually right. accept an offer from one of the programs that came calling. Prior to last month, did you ever think about it? Like, what was the moment where it went from "I I want to be a part of this" to "Wow, I I you know what? I want to be the head coach here." You know, I mean, I think kind of this year, I kind of started to prepare myself for in case I would get that opportunity. Um, you know, after the last two all seasons, um, just how crazy they've been with the the rumors and the you know, really the things that Coach Napier's turned down to stay, you know, in my mind, it was like, well, at some point, you know, there's going to be something that, you know, this I knew this wasn't the last stop for him, you know. Now, he never acted any differently, um, but but I knew, you know, knowing him well enough, I knew that there were other things that he wanted to do. Um, so I kind of started to prepare myself kind of mentally for that in case I did get the opportunity. Um, but, I mean, really, it didn't become real until, you know, Dr. Maggard, contacted me and said, Hey, you know, we'd be interested in talking to you. Um, you know, I mean, you could be prepared as prepared as you want, but you have to have the opportunity. So, you know, that was when it, it got real pretty quick. And, um, you know, I mean, I just, like I said, you know, this off season, I knew that, that at some point it was going to happen. And if I got the opportunity, I just felt like, you know, this was something that I really had to pursue, you know, for, for a lot of reasons. And, And like I told you, the biggest one is because of, my belief in the way that we do it and, and and the people in the building that I know believe the same things. The way that, the way that y'all do it, you've been a part of 
various regimes as a player uh, and as a coach. And, you know, one of your old teammates, Richie Falga, was pointing out to me um, how much, I guess, the the year-round schedule has changed for college football in terms of health and nutrition, strength and conditioning, um, and, you know, the amount of people on staff. I mean, you've seen, you've been a part of the evolution of college football in a lot of ways and seeing where it's, you know, where it's come from to where it is now. You know, a lot of folks have talked about, you know, your experience. Well, does he have the experience here? Does he have it there? You obviously feel good about your experience. Uh, Dr. Maggard felt good about your experience. Coach Napier, who recommended you very highly, uh, thinks a lot of your experience. So, how would you describe your experience in the sport of college football? I know that's kind of a, an open-ended question, but it's that word, that word experience. I've heard it a lot uh, when folks have been asking me about you uh, over the last, I'd say, you know, 36, 40 hours. So from your mouth, how would you describe your experience in the sport? You know, <clears throat> I think that's – I know exactly who I am, and I know what I am, and I know what people were going to say from the beginning, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, it's obvious, and especially you get someone like Napier, whose who's resume with all the places he's been, you know, that was something that people raved over. Um, and I'll say this, and I talked to Coach Napier about it. I directly benefited from his experiences. Um, I didn't have to go to Clemson and Alabama and Colorado State and back to Alabama. You know, I didn't have to do those things, um, and I'm not going to apologize for not having to do it. I was fortunate enough to get to pick his brain and to see and to learn from his experiences because he did go through the ringer. You know, I mean, if you look at his career, you know, he and I've talked, you know, extensively about the changes and having to go different places. You know, he went through some difficult stuff and, um, you know, he learned from every place he's been. Um, he has <laughs> done a great job of implementing, you know, his own spin on things. And I was fortunate enough to get to reap the benefits from that. And, you know, I mean, look, the thing that the thing to me is that I have seen what works here and I know the formula that gets results here. And, you know, maybe if it was another job, maybe I would need some experience from other places, but I'm not hired to do a different job. I'm, I'm, I got hired to do this job and this is the only one that I care about. So I feel like his experiences have benefited me. Um, and, to be quite honest with you, the only thing I care about is is getting results here, not anywhere else. So I feel really good about it. And you know, I mean, Coach Napier, I asked him. You know, he asked if I if I was interested, if I wanted it. I asked him what he thought. You know, because I I care a whole lot about his opinion. And um, you know, he was 100% behind me trying to go get this thing. So you know, that made me feel even better about it. But I, you know, I I feel good about it because. I've got experience at the place that I need experience to have. Louisiana Raging Cajun head football coach Michael Desimo is our guest. I'm Scott Prather. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Uh, the player response. I know Dr. Maggard said he talked to the players a good bit. Um, folks have seen the video on social media of of their reaction. Um, I, I don't... I won't. I don't think you were surprised by it. I think maybe you were humbled by it. Is that fair to say? I'm just on the outside looking in. But was there any surprise from it, or was it more just gratification above anything else? Well, I, I mean, I was. You know, the first thing I told him is that I was humbled. You know, to be in there and doing it because, uh, 
you know, I'm not the type of person who ever takes anything for granted, you know, you never really know exactly in that situation how it's going to go out, you know, how it's going to come down. Uh, I was hoping that we were going to get a good reaction, you know, because I do have a good relationship with them. Um, you know, but I told Dr. Maggie right before, I said, well, I sure hope they don't boo me. I said, that'd be a bad deal for the first time stepping in there. Uh, but, um, you know, I mean, no, it was, uh, man, it, it was, it was a good feeling. It, it was, it was a great moment. Um, you know, the biggest thing to me, and I tell my kids all the time, I don't care, you know, what you think about me as a coach, good coach, bad coach, mean coach, nice coach, whatever. Um, as long as they know that I care about them, um, and that I love them and I care about them as people first and, the rest of it, it'll be fine. One day they'll see, you know, the coaching part of it. So to feel like those guys really, uh, really know that I care about them and that, you know, that they mean more to me than it's just than just being a job. I think that was something that was really, uh, it, it made me feel really good. And it was something that, you know, that really, you know, like I said, just kind of really, really touched me a little bit and, uh, you know, kind of got a little emotional there for a second with a couple of them, but it was, it was awesome. Coach Michael Desimo, I guess. So when you when you become the head coach, but you've already been there, does the does the relationship between player and coach change a little from okay the offensive coordinator to head coach, or does it remain the same? I don't see why it has to change. I mean, you know, I don't see why it does. I think as a head coach, <clears throat> you know, your job sometimes is to fill in the gaps um, in the staff. So. You know, sometimes you have to maybe take on a different role um, a little bit. And, you know, sometimes you got to be more of the disciplinarian when you're the head coach if you don't have a lot of those guys. Or sometimes, shoot, sometimes you got a bunch of them, you got to be the nicer guy. You know, I mean, you have to kind of fill in those personality gaps. But the relationship part of it, I mean, I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't want it to change. That's the thing that I think we do the best here. And that's the thing that I care about the most. So, no, I want I want every one of those kids on the team to feel like they can come up here and talk to me and feel like nothing's changed as far as our relationship goes. And uh, you know, like I said, you know, sometimes you got to make decisions that that you know that your players don't like, and sometimes you know they get upset. But you know, they know it comes from the right place. At some point, they'll get over it, and you know, you'll be you'll be just fine. But I think the relationship part of it is is what's really important, so that they know it's coming from the right place. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather visiting with Rage Cajun head football coach Michael Desimo. That relationship begins in the recruitment of a player. Now, recruiting is a joint effort. You've been a large part of it. Uh, coach Tim Leger is the recruiting coordinator. W- what percentage of recruiting falls on his plate? How much is doled out to the entire staff? And I- I'm-, I'm asking a three-part question, Coach, so I apologize for that. But the last part of it is, how much less time will will you now have, I guess, on the road recruiting as a head coach compared to before, whenever you were the offensive coordinator? So, so first first question: How how much does Coach Leger do? Coach Leger does a phenomenal job, right? He knows this state forwards and backwards. He's got a really really uh, big. Ta- he's got a, a an area in the state that's very talent rich, and he's done a great job recruiting that himself. Um, you know, I told him, you know, Coach Napier was very hands-on with, with pretty much every part of, of what we did, which, I mean, you know, you totally expect. Um, but Coach Leger worked hand-in-hand with our recruiting department to figure out, you know, what coaches need to go on the road, who do we need to go see, what schools do they need to visit, you know, what's the best way to, you know, is it a home visit, you know, in December, or is it better at the school, or how do we go about doing it? So Coach Leger has been 
you know, absolutely instrumental in everything that we've done um, on the road recruiting. And, you know, building this thing from, from where we started in, in 2018, you know. Um, so Coach Leger does a tremendous job in recruiting, and he's incredibly, incredibly uh, organized when it comes to that and getting having a plan for all that. Um, you know, the way that it kind of works, the way that we recruit, um, we all have an area. Um, and it's, it's, you know, we're divided up and we all have in state area, which, which Coach Napier and myself, I feel is very important, right? Because if we talk about wanting to make the state a priority, well, everyone needs to have a piece of the state because, uh, you know, inevitably we all want to compete. We all want to sign kids and we all want kids from our area to get signed. So, um, I'm, I'm not going to stray from that plan. We're going to have everybody in the state. They'll all have an area. That way, everyone has an interest in signing kids from here. But as the area recruiter, you kind of identify them, right? So going out on the road, talking to coaches, getting texts, getting calls, whatever the case is, you identify who the players are in your area. Once we do that, so you're the first one to contact them when they're in your area. Um, after we contact them, we start building a relationship. We kind of put their, we call it the pipeline, um, their film, basically. So as the area coach, you would evaluate it first. You would say what you think. You would give it rankings, grades, all that stuff. Then it goes to the position coach. So then the position coach watches the tape, ranks it, grades it, all those things. Then it goes to the coordinator and then the head coach. So you've got, you know, potentially four people watching every single player that we ever offer here. And it leads to, number one, you you don't end up, you know, sometimes you see things, you know, through rose-colored glasses, right, a kid that, in your area that maybe you fall in love with. That's a great kid. I mean, you absolutely love everything about the kid and maybe you see some things that aren't there. Um, well, you got three more sets of eyes to say, yes, you're right. Or mm, I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, so that's kind of the way that we've done it. Um, and to be honest with you, it's the best way I've seen it done just because it puts more people, you get more opinions, right. And, uh, you know, I think it's good to have opinions, especially when it's differing opinions, because then it makes you sit down and say, okay, well, why are we seeing it different? Um, so that's the second part, right? That's how the staff recruiting works. And then the third part, you know, whenever, uh, as the head coach, there are certain times where you can't go on the road to recruit, um, particularly in spring. Um, so there's 42 days in the spring, typically, that we would get out and get on the road. Well, in the spring, as the head coach, you can't. Um, so there's there's some things that, that I'm going to do uh, similar to the way he did it in the springtime where you can still be active in recruiting and you can still evaluate and get a jump start on some things. Um, but you kind of have to do it from the office, um, you know, and, and that's it's something that I think we've got a pretty good formula for how that works. Uh, and, you know, it's something that I'm that I'm certainly planning on keeping going because um, I think that's one thing we've done really well here is we've recruited really well. Um, the past four years. And, and obviously, um, you know, there's not much more important than recruiting. And, you know, I mean, that's you, you, good players make you a good coach a lot of times. And we got to keep getting good players. Lifeblood of a program. Uh, Michael Desimo, our, our, our guest right now, Louisiana Rage Occasion head football coach. Uh, a few things in regards to the staff. Obviously, you replaced Billy Napier. Um, with the promotion, are you, uh, my guess is, and I think Dr. Maggard said as much yesterday, but is your plan to be the play caller, uh, in addition to, to being the head coach? Yes, I am. 
what how much how much you know i know with with billy he would uh he would have a lot of people in his ear and he would get their feedback during a game you know ultimately you make the final decision but but how many folks on game day do you plan on you know being involved in that process well i think there are certain times for all that you know i mean i you know i think when you're calling plays it's important that when it's time to call the play there's it's it's clear and it's you know it's the play caller has time to think. So our communication has always been between series, after the series, at halftime, on the sideline. That's when the bulk of our communication takes place because that's when you have time to think. That's when you have time to say, okay, this is happening. You know, when you're in between plays and you're in the middle of a series, uh, when you start hearing, we need to do this, we need to do that, well, it, it, it gets, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it gets pretty hectic, you know, and that's not, that's certainly not what you want. So, I mean, the way that that our communication takes place, you know, between every series, I think that's something that's vital because um, everybody's responsible for watching something specific, you know, um, whatever, maybe whether it's their position or it's the secondary or it's whatever, you know, everyone's responsible for watching a certain area, and um, you know, you can't you can't get the whole picture without having those conversations. You know, I mean, when you're when you're calling plays, you're looking at what you're looking at, you know, I mean, whether that's the coverage or the front or the edge that you're going to run to or whatever it is, you can't see the whole thing. So that's what you rely on a lot of people to give you good information. And that's one thing that we, that we have here is we've got really good people that are very competent and, uh, and take pride in doing things the right way. So we always get good information and I think that's helped them um, a lot, but that communication between series, it, it's not, it's not in the middle of, uh, of a series. Michael Desimar, I guess. So in terms of the staff, you, you got to replace defense coordinator Patrick Tony, running back coach Jabbar Jaluk. I know Ryan O'Hara has joined uh, Coach Napier in Florida and, and some other analysts at some point as well. You got a lot going on, Coach. You got early signing day. You got a bowl game to prepare for. How far are you in the process of, of filling those, 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 uh, those holes on the coaching staff? Um. You know, some some further along than others. Uh, obviously, uh, you know everything's a little bit different. But you know, the the one thing, the one thing that I, that I learned and saw from Coach Napier, um, and have always appreciated is we're not going to hurry up to screw up. Um, and you know that was always his thing. We're not going to push the panic button. We're not going to hurry up just to make a decision. I feel that way. I mean, listen, I, I, right now our priority. Right, is is trying to sign this class and trying to get a good signing class for December. All right, that that's a priority. And then the most important thing to me, to be hundred percent honest, is finishing this season the right way for our seniors and for our kids that were a part of that special season. That's the most important thing to me. Um so, you know, we've got good people in this building. We're gonna have, you know, we did we lost some really good people, lost some key people. But people, other guys are gonna step up, they're gonna do their job. They're going to do a great job, and we're going we're going to prepare to win this bowl game. That's the most important thing to me, because you know it's about these kids getting this opportunity to finish it the right way. Um, so you know we're recruiting, we're burning, you know we're burning the candle at both ends, right? But the the important thing for us is going to be to make sure that we send this senior class out the right way, and right. the rest of it, we'll hire coaches when it's time. We'll there's a second signing day. We'll regroup and we'll put together a good class, but. That's that's the thing that's pressing right now. I understand. This is my final question in regards to the staff, and it's it's not so much in terms of specifics 
as much as his numbers. I know Coach Napier, you guys had a lot of lot of individuals, whether they were coaches or analysts. When you were talking to Dr. Maggard about what you wanted to do, and you've spoken a lot about continuing this process of, of what Coach Napier and all you guys have built over the last four years, how important was that to you when it came to contracts that included, I guess, staff allocation and, and, and having, I guess, the proper finances to get enough people and, and, and as big as staff? I mean, is your plan to do, I guess, similar to what Billy did in that regard? Is it slightly different when it comes to the, the entire staff underneath you? You know, I mean, to answer the question, like just, in, you know, yes, no, yeah, I mean, it'll be very similar, right? Um, there, I mean, there's going to be some difference. I mean, everybody's got personal differences, you know, whenever, even if you're going to kind of use the same plan. Um, but, you know the thing. The thing that that having the people that we have does for you is it. It you know, like this job is is you know coaching football is it's tough a lot of times. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it. It um it makes you know it makes your life a whole lot easier. You know, a lot of these guys. I mean, they help in recruiting. They help us organize recruiting areas. They help us getting you know talking to kids, getting them here for games, getting them over to campus, um, and then the football side of it. You know, right now we've been on the road. You know, we found all this stuff out on Sunday. We came in Sunday afternoon, made a plan, and got on the road. And so right now, all of our coaches are on the road recruiting, um, and we got a bunch of guys that are in here that are grinding, uh, working on getting ready for Marshall, so that we can come in and practice and, and get ready to go for that. So, you know, how would you do that if you didn't have that type of support system? You, you've got. I don't think. Yeah. You could. Yeah, it it would be it would be awfully difficult. Speaking of of early signing day, coach, I know you can't speak specifically about players uh, per rules, but but I mean, just in general, how's it going? I mean, you have a coaching change. Uh, it, granted, it's a promotion, but but how has it been in regards to this this signing class, uh, early signing period, which is coming up next week? How's it looking for you guys? It, it's it's good. You know, we're excited about it. Uh, we feel like we're in a really good spot. Um, with these guys, you know, obviously, um, with all the change that's happened, you know, when Coach Napier announced that he was taking another job, um, obviously there was a lot of hesitation. And I mean, you know, certainly you understand for these kids, this is their future. Um, and, and you, you understand the hesitation. Um, you know, some of them have had no, you know, hey, we're good. We're 100% in. Let's go. Some of them, you know, have, have said, man, I, you know, I just, you know, kind of took me by surprise, got to figure it out. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, you got both, you got both kind of scenarios. So we feel really good about it. You know, probably going to have to sign more in the second period. Um, then if everything would have stayed status quo, just because of the timing of it. Uh, but you know, like I said, I mean, things happen all the time. It's not about, it's not about panicking. It's about making sure you do due diligence and get it right. And at the end of the day, you know, whether they sign in, in December or they sign in February, that's that's really irrelevant, you know. At the end of the day, so if they sign in uh, February, it just gives us more time to love them up, more time to build relationships with them, and more time to show them that we're the right place. So, uh, you know, we're, we're we're excited about it about it either way. You know, whether we do it in most of them in December or February, we're uh, we're, we're ready for the challenge, and uh, you know, we'll go out there and go try to get the best ones and try to make them major Cajuns. You know, typically, you guys after a signing day, you, you get together as a staff that night and. Um you know, maybe have a few adult beverages and, and, and just 
exhale a little bit. Uh, you're not going to be able to do that next week because you got to play a game. Uh, it's it's bowl week. I think maybe the team will be in New Orleans already. I'm not really sure, but how difficult is it with the schedule next week with having an early signing day and then having you know a bowl game? As you said, your goal right now is to send this senior class off the right way with a win. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, it's uh, <clears throat> when you sit down and kind of put pen to paper and you start talking about the things that you got to do to get ready for everything coming up. It, it, there's a lot of stuff, um, you know, but you know, this is, this is, this is what we do. Um, you know, there are times in our schedule that are, that are absolutely crazy and hectic, um, but it's usually followed by, by a little bit of a slowdown. So, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that, you know, I work with a bunch of guys who are really, really professional and they understand the grind that's involved and they know that, Hey, it's gonna it's gonna be rough for a little while, and then once we go out, go play this bowl game, go win this bowl game, um, we'll be able to regroup, kind of get our bearings set again, re- press the reset button, and then uh, and get ready to do it again. Um, but we will have some time after that. Everybody knows that, and um, you know, I work with some dudes that they get it, they know the, they know how it works, and uh, and they're ready for that challenge. So a lot of stuff going on, but I got the right crew to do it. And and I've with that, I know thirty minutes is is a lot of time for you, as busy as you are. So these are my final questions. Uh, I have two. Your goal as a head coach, you've made it, you know, clear. Obviously, it's to win and it's continue this ascent. How do you accomplish that? Well, you know, if my goal is not to win, like that is not the that is not what that's not what I'm all about the way you accomplish it is really what it's all about, right? You, you try to make, you try to make football an avenue for people to better themselves. And I think you do that by, you make it hard, right? Every day is hard. There's a challenge every day that you come here. There is no easy day. There is nothing that's going to be easy about it, right? You're going to have adversity in that, which is going to, you know, everyone's got to go through adversity to grow. You don't, you don't grow and you don't change if you don't have to go through things that are difficult. Um, and you know, in football, the thing that I love about this game is that number one, it takes, I mean, a hundred different types of people to make a team. You know, you've got everything from, you know, we got a sick guy that's six, eight, three fifty, um, to, you know, five, six, 155 pounds. You got everything in between. Um, they're all different. They've got different body types, different backgrounds, different makeups. They talk different, all that stuff, but they're working for one thing in common. And then you learn that it's not about you. So that's what the goal about this whole thing is, right? The goal is that you're trying to build better men and trying to equip them for the future. And the byproduct of that is that you win. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that that's the only thing I care about is winning because it's absolutely not. Um, now, I mean, I think you know me well enough, and most of the people probably that are listening to this know that I'm pretty competitive. I like to win as much as anybody. Um, but this program is going to be about having guys that represent this university, this community, this state, in a way that we're all proud of. And that's what we've done. That's always been since 2018 for sure. You know, that was very clear that that was the goal. And, you know, you get into coaching because you want to make a difference and you want to help people grow. Um, if you get into coaching just because you want to win, well, then you're in it for the wrong reasons. So that's never going to change for me. UL Hud football coach Michael Desimo, final question. Why is this place so special to you? 
man, uh, I mean, how many times have they given me a chance? Um, you know, as a player, you know, they gave me a, a full scholarship, you know, to come here and play football. And I didn't have a lot. Um, I didn't have many scholarship offers. I, truthfully, um, you know, they gave me a chance. Uh, Coach Bustle put me in a position as a young player to get the play, to get an opportunity, got a chance. Um, you know, when Mark Cutspeth and George Munoz and Troy Wingerter called me in 2016, um, you know, when I was a high school coach, uh, they gave me a shot to come in here and come do it. Um, Dr. Maggard, Coach Napier, you know, in 2018, gave me another shot to stay on when, you know, with, with what was going on, here, the, the winning and the things that were going on here, you know, um, I was really appreciative of uh, Coach Napier's continually giving me opportunities to better myself and, and become a better football coach and to grow in this profession. And then now, I mean, Dr. Saba and Dr. Maggard um, giving me, you know, the ultimate opportunity. So, you know, when I say it means a lot, it's personal. It's because, you know, I'm a very loyal person. And, you know, this place has given me opportunities that not a lot of people get. And I'll never take it for granted. It, and I will never, uh, they'll never have anybody that wants to win and wants to do it right for this place more than I do. Um, it's 100% personal. And to me, it's something that I love the trajectory of this place. I just, I know, I always felt like it could be like this. And I just think we're just getting started and it's a jumping off point for us. Louisiana head football coach Michael Desermo has been our guest. He will be formally introduced as the new head coach today at 3 o'clock in the Russo Park Stadium Club. It is free to the public. Doors will open at 2. Coach will speak as well, Dr. Brian Maggard and University President Dr. Uh, T. Joe. I'm sorry, I still call him that, Dr. Joseph Savoy. And, um, <laughs> It, uh, Mike, I, I haven't told you this the whole time. Um, I probably should have led with this, but congratulations. And I know how busy you are right now. So I appreciate you taking as much time as you have this morning. I know the listeners appreciate it as well. All the best. And, uh, I look forward to talking to you many more times in the future. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. And, um, can't wait to get this thing started. Let's All go, right, Cage. All the best. Take care. That is Louisiana Raging Cajun head football coach Michael Desermo. We'll take a minute to let all that marinate. We'll come back, have open phone lines briefly, then we'll get Jay Walker on in the 8 o'clock hour. Don't go anywhere. It's the Great Scott Show. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Jay Walker should be in studio soon. He's usually here right around 8. And there he is. He's walking in now. I don't know that I've seen Jay move that quickly before. He's kind of hustling. I don't know you had it in you, Jay. It's the great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, 103.3 on the FM, 1420 on the AM, and streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. For those of you listening to the stream via the app, it's brought to you by Champagne's Market and the Will Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. I'm glad it wasn't 23 degrees outside. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I, I was, 
I guess when I got here this morning, it was like 50. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm cold. And JC's like, it's not cold. I'm like, shut up. It's cold to me. It's cold to me. You could not have paid. You would have had to pay me a lot of money to be at that Buffalo New England game last night. Oh, the no wind kidding, was huh? 45 Oof. miles an hour. Yeah. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. What's going on? Oh, nothing. How you doing? Good. Just got to talk to Coach Desermo for a while. I got a chance to listen to about the first uh, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, I'll have that up online for folks a little later this morning on our website, ESPNLafayette.com. But um, hearing him, one, one thing that I, that I, well, uh, there's a lot of things I took away. I guess the first thing when I asked him about, experience and how that has been the word that's been thrown around a lot great answer and he he did he said you know i i didn't have to go to colorado state or clemson or alabama or arizona state i got all of that from billy napier yeah i got all of that here and i'm not going to apologize for having to do all the things he did and he didn't say it in a in a, a combative way no he said you know i i know i knew that people would say that but I'm, I, I, he's fully confident in the experience he has. But he knew, you knew, I knew, everyone knew. When you and I were talking last week about him going from, hey, he could be a candidate to by the time I finished talking to Dr. Maggard on Friday, we were both like, it's probably going to be Coach Desermo. We both said, well, here's what some, here's what some are going to say. And I, and, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking the question. First of all, I don't think if you ask questions, you're you're not a fan or something. I mean, I asked him about it, but I did like his response. Sure, I um, you know, Mike was you know we talk about it Friday morning, and Mike actually got offered the job at noon Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't know if you had a chance to ask him. I'm going to get a chance to go one on one with him today. Um. How do you keep that secret for 48 hours, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, did you even tell your wife? I yeah. mean, that um Yeah, I, I I didn't ask him that. That's a great question. Um and and I'm going to tell you, you know, I I Mike is one of my favorite student athletes I've ever covered. He is as tough as any student athlete that I've ever covered in any sport. That guy played through some pain. I I I've got stories. I'm not going to tell them today, but I've got stories about Mike Desermo as a player and some of the things that he went through. Um, comes from a great family, and 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 I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. I got a phone call about ten minutes before Brian Maggard told the team who their new head coach would be. When I got the phone call, I ain't going to lie. I had I had a moment. Um. I'm so happy he's getting this opportunity. I think looking back on this, looking back on the fact that we've never had a coaching search like this before because you weren't bringing anybody in to fix anything. Um, and and you can't really go to, you know, for instance, you know, LSU ever been in this situation? The answer is no. They okay. fired or ran off every coach no, they've ever had. They, they have been when Nick Saban left. Oh, that's that's right. They have been. That's right. I, I forgot all about that. My bad. You, it's different. It's a different kind of search this time around. And as time went by and we got closer to the end of last week, 
I said, you know what? I think this is a no-brainer. I, I think this is an easy choice. And I said that to somebody. He said, how the hell could you say that? I said, I know the situation. And on top of that, I know Mike Desermo. One of the things that he said in the interview with you, and and if folks, if you don't think this means something, then you need to go check yourself because you got a fever or feel your head because you got a fever. He said it's personal. This is his alma mater. It's personal. And I I've I had that conversation. You know this. I've had that conversation with Troy Wingerter over the years about it being personal. Uh, because he was a, a student athlete here and had been at the university for so long. I think it means something when it's personal. Yeah, I, the last thing I asked him is, why is the place so special to you? I'll be honest, I was expecting to know the answer before. Right, it's home, it's this. It, he, he, he answered the question with a question. He said, how many times have they given me a chance? Right? And, uh, and then he detailed each time, like, I didn't have a lot of offers coming out of high school. Uh, Coach Bustle gave me a chance. He played as a freshman. Yes, he you did. Know, when Jerry Babb got hurt, and he and then he, he continued to play, and then he eventually became a starter, and he was Sun Belt Conference Offensive Player of the Year, and a bunch of other stuff. Well, and in the meantime, in the first two years, he played on special teams. Mm-hmm. All I mean, over he the was place. Taysom Hill for yeah. crying out loud. It, 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 that, that's yeah, he really was. And um, and, and yeah, and and boy, what a great what a great response that is. I will say this: I sent Mark Cutspeth a text message yesterday, and I said, you know what? Today doesn't happen if you don't give that kid a chance. And uh, so I said, I, I just want to say on behalf of those of us who, who know what we have here, thank you for giving him an opportunity. And, uh, and he answered back, and he was very touched that I thought of, uh, enough to send him a text. Um, You're really fired up, Jay. Dude. You're really fired up. I'm, I'm over the moon You're on really this. You're really fired up. I am over the moon on this. I, I just, I'm so excited. You know, and, and, you know, Mike is going to put together a good staff. He's, he's a, his um, reputation as a recruiter in the state of Louisiana is well known. Um, and I just, I just think this is, this is, this is going to be really good. Now, for the folks that said, wait a minute, we could have got this guy or we could have got this guy. Every time the Cajuns lose the game, they're going to go, see, I told you. I told you. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just like, it's like the anti-Levi people. Every time, you know, Levi made a bet. See, I told you a guy couldn't play quarterback. Um, and so the, the, we're going to see that because, look, he ain't going to go undefeated his whole career. Okay, It's going to be hard to go 12-1 and one or 13-1 and one <laughs> next year. So, you know, um, but, I, but I'm, I'm just saying, I, the way I felt knowing – Mike and his pedigree and who he is as a human being and as a husband and as a father and um, what he was as a player and what he's been as a coach combined with Dr. Maggard's track record. Let's go. Yeah. That, that was G E A U X. Maggard has been, I've been asked a lot in the last, feels like a long time. It's, it's since Sunday afternoon, been asked a lot about what, what what do you think or why this or I think, you know, I've heard reactions all over the place. And I, I even asked Dr. Maggard yesterday. I, I said it. I'm like, you know, 
every head coaching hire is extremely important. Football, college football is 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 different for reasons. We could describe them all, but it is sort of the the window to your university in a lot of cases. And mm-hmm. you know, Billy Napier was the most important hire, and now it's the most important hire again. And I tell folks, I'm like, listen, this guy's not going to put his his career on the line because it's a feel good story. Now. The feel-good part of it is icing on the cake. Sure. But he doesn't make... Everyone's like, well, if it wasn't Michael Desermo, I'm like, no. Like, if he didn't play for the Cajuns, if he didn't do that, I'm like, that's icing. That's not why... Uh, I, I'm not saying that, like, ADs haven't done that or... And, in, in, you know, you know more about USL back in the day and previous regimes and everything else. All I know is Dr. Maggard's tenure and the, and the hires that he's made, there is nothing in there that would suggest... He would do this for emotional reasons. The emotional, the emotional aspect of it added on is is awesome and a great story. And 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 you've described all the reasons why. He fully believes that this is how the program continues to ascend. As he said, the ride's not over. The best is yet to come. He's got a good track record of doing it. You know, I'll talk to Jake Deloma about this tomorrow. Who's going to be on my show? But I, I I'm sure he'll say the same thing. You're going to look at Dr. Maggard's hires and say you hadn't done a great job. So this idea that I've heard out there of, oh, well, he's only doing it because, you know, if 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 his name wasn't Michael Desimo and he hadn't have played at, at, at UL and this and that, I'm like, that stuff's awesome and that's part of it. But that is not why you hire or rather promote a head coach. You promote the head coach because you think they're going to keep winning. And and those two things, you know, having played here and in, 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 in been a local and everything else, it also is like part of what has made him great because, as you said, how special and personal it is to him. So I'm, I guess I'm sort of walking that line between how awesome it is versus anyone that thinks, oh, well, that's just why he hired him. And that's, that's just ridiculous. I, I will say this. There are going to be some folks, well, there are folks who are questioning this, and there are going to be more folks who question this. But I feel very confident in saying this. Ain't nobody going to be rooting against that dude because everyone, even the people that are questioning the hire aren't questioning the man. And everybody's going to want this guy to succeed. Um, I think he'll be given the tools that he needs to succeed. You know, somebody, oh, well, they're just doing that to save money. No, no, Mike's going to be paid a very fair wage as far as Sunbelt Conference is concerned. He's not going to go in making $2 million like Billy Napier. You get a chance to grow into that if you're at a mid-major. But he's going to be paid a competitive salary. And then it's up it's up to him and his staff to go ahead and, and, and do their best to continue the success that this program has had. There have been a couple of people that have said to me, well, you know, I, I wouldn't expect you to say anything else. I mean, you work over at the United States. I said, Let me, yeah, shut up. Let me tell you something. I believe in this guy. I believe in this guy, I believe in this guy, and I believe in this guy. I believe in this guy like I believe in other student-athletes that I've covered that are just great people with great character, with with a high moral compass. I believe in Mike like I believe in Jake. I believe in Mike like I believe in Gunnar Leger. I believe in that guy. And I think he is going to succeed here. And 
I can't answer the phone. My daughter's calling. I'll call her back. We'll take a break in a minute. Um, last thing I'll say about when he played. What I remember is that he was like four years in a row, like NCAA scholar athlete. Like he he was like three nine two. Like you're yeah, talking about a, a very student. smart, a very smart individual. And some some assistant coaches, contrary to popular belief, they don't want to become head coaches. Like they there there is a there's a lot that comes with it. They enjoy coaching, but they don't want to be a head coach. Um. When, when when Coach Desimo joined the UL staff years ago, he didn't think, I want to be the head coach here someday. It evolved into that. But uh, but he always wanted to be a head coach again. Now he is. Quarter after the hour of eight. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll, uh, we'll discuss some college football stuff. We'll continue to get into UL. Bowl game a little bit. We'll talk about Heisman. They announced the finalist, and I, I have some thoughts on the three quarterbacks in there. Uh, and uh, we'll eventually get to Terrible Tune Tuesday, just because there's a lot going on doesn't mean we're going to skip it. I mean, we'd never do that. Correct. So don't go anywhere. Keep it locked in. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Sports talk that's so legit, it smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the great Scott show. My friend Jay Walker in studio. ESP and Lafayette, best ticket in sports. So, the Heisman Trophy, Jay. Mm-hmm. Feels like we we've, we we say every year that it's it's lost its luster over the years. Um. Perhaps that's true, and yet there is still something about it, the visual of it, the, the coverage of it, that, you know, once you're in the club, you're, you're referred to as that the rest of your life. Unless you're Reggie Bush, and then they say, well, you did, and you should have it back. And, they, you know, there's, it's just a little, little caveat when you talk about Reggie. And he should, by the way. But Yeah, there was another guy who uh, doesn't get recognized. Yeah, we, 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 Orenthal. Yeah, big, um, uh, the, the steaming bowl of vomit. So it, it's still, it's like, it still has, even though we, we com, I complain about it every year and, oh, it's just this offensive award and it's not really this or that, it still has, there's something about it that's iconic and, and I, I can't deny that. But I believe, even though Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud and Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett and Alabama quarterback Bryce Young, I think they're all very good quarterbacks. I also think... If you put them at, uh, you know, you could put them on a different team in their conference. I don't even mean at teams all the way at the bottom. Let's just say teams in the middle. And they're not getting this invite because their numbers aren't as good. Um, 
in terms of quarterbacks that have been invited to the Heisman ceremony as a whole, this is as weak as I can remember. And Aiden Hutchinson, if of those four, I think he's the best player. I think Jordan Davis of Georgia probably should have gotten an invite. Maybe Will Anderson also of Georgia. I think I would have had no issues if it had been all defensive players because the thing that's annoying about the Heisman is that it really is just sort of quarterback or running back. And and there's always an exception here or there. Devontae Smith was an exception. But it, it it's really like the QB and sometimes running back invitational. And I, I hope Hutchinson wins it because I want to see, you know, I mean, a defensive player has won it, what, one time? And that was a guy from Michigan, Charles Woodson. And and that was only because that was an anti-Payton backlash. Yeah. Not because yeah. he was the best player. Which is, which is the irony is the quarterback he surpassed was Peyton freaking Manning. And this year, it's probably going to go to a quarterback and not a defensive player that probably does deserve it. And, again, Bryce Young, Kenny Pickett, C.J. Stroud, uh, they're not Peyton Manning. The Peyton Manning thing when it happened back, what, 20-something years ago. Shocking. It uh, it really soured me to the Heisman Trophy. It really did. Um, because so many people had crowned Peyton early that he was going to win the Heisman. And I, and I just think some writers said, oh, yeah, you don't get to decide that. I do. And went ahead and voted for, for, for Woodson. I will say this. Now that, now that three weeks before the season starts, they're talking about the Heisman Trophy. I've quit caring about it. I don't care. You know, until you name the guys, I couldn't even tell you who the finalists were. I don't care. Until I read it last night, I would have never guessed. If somebody had said, hey, who do you think the, the, the finals would be like? I, I don't know. I don't really care, but I don't know. And when I saw it, I was like, come on, man. Like, And, and apparently, uh, you know, you can bet on it. And... um Hutchinson's at twenty to one. Stroud and Pickett are at thirty to one. So Bryce Young, the overwhelming favorite to take home the Heisman. I mean, when you watch Bryce Young, do you say, "Man, this is an elite, can't miss quarterback"? His numbers are are, are incredible. So I'm not trying to deny it. And he's a really good player. But do you look at him and say, "This is one of the best college quarterbacks we've seen in in years"? No. And 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 if we're just going to go by numbers, why isn't Bailey Zappi one of the finalists? There you go, because he doesn't play for Alabama. There you go, because he the, doesn't have that that, that dude, school name. The next dude to him. has thrown fifty four touchdown passes this year, and you know, now he's not going to throw six touchdowns against Appalachian State, okay, and the and the Boca Raton Bowl. But if he was playing a team that that wasn't good defensively, he might have had a chance to catch Joe Burrow. So I, you know, no, I don't care. I don't care about the Heisman. We, as a matter of fact, this was a waste of our time. <laughs> All right, ESPN Lafayette. Jay will not be watching the uh, the Heisman ceremony. Um, Cajun hoops. Wanted to get your thoughts briefly. Uh, I'll have Coach Marlin on tomorrow, but um, not a good loss to Jackson State. They get the win last week, but they they lose some players. What's the injury? What's the injury situation like right now with the basketball team? Uh, Theo Wakuba probably will not play this week. Um, Brian Au is is getting better. That ankle's getting better. I don't expect to see him on Wednesday. Um, 
I, I think Michael Thomas will, they're trying to fit him with something to where he can still play. He's got a, um, a hand injury. And, um, you know, Greg Williams been getting treatment on his back. I mean, we'll see. Uh, AU is really important in my mind. I agree. Because, look, let, let me tell you what the two issues with this team is, in my opinion. Number one, they turn it over too much. You need a ball handler out there. Now, they had Trajan out there the other night who is a ball handler. Now, they still had 16 turnovers, but it wasn't as, oh, my God, as it has been in some games this year. And I think if you've got AU healthy, you can move Greg Williams over because they didn't, they didn't bring him in to say, okay, you know, go go take three shots a game and, and run the show. This kid can fill the basket, and they need him to do so. And I'll tell you, if you've got him and Garnett in the game at the same time, you can score a bushel of points in a hurry. Now, the other problem they had, and this was a big problem against Jackson State. They just didn't guard. Now, they did guard against New Orleans, and somebody's going, oh, well, yeah, but the inside guy, look, if you're going to beat UNO, you got to shut two guards down, and they got six out of 24. And St. Hilaire was the first time all year he hadn't been in double figures. In fact, he had a string going back to last year, and they held him to nine points. So I thought defensively they were solid uh, against UNO, but they've still got the issue of turning the ball over too much. Th- this team right now, has as bad an assist-to-turnover ratio as I can ever remember a Cajun team having. That's got to get better. And and I think the other part is your bigs have to quit trying, trying to do so much. You know, if you get the ball, you don't have to back in and try to get a lay. When you're 20 feet from the basket, back in and try to get a layup every single time. You don't have to do that. Can that be circled back to AU when you have a ball handler that is good at getting ball movement going? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the problems trace back to not having them. Now that's, I'm, I'm not. Oh, that's an excuse. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that it's okay. <laughs> these issues. I'm not suggesting that. I'm. I just feel like AU's that important, and I think I don't know that a lot of maybe I don't know. You talk to Cajun fans more often. Do other people feel that the same way? I feel like Williams is 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 talented, and he's hurt right now, but. You know, a true point guard, you know, Garnett's probably the best defender, uh, wing defender on the team. And, you know, he's got a lot of heart. And, and I love, I love, I love him. But as a whole, outside of him, you know, the defense before the UNO game uh, outside was was not up to par. And offensively, when your bigs are trying to do a lot, when you have that ball movement and you got a point guard that can help with the ball movement and not turn it over, I just think he's that big of a key. I, I also think that, what helped them the other night, and this is going to sound a little strange, Theo Akuba does a lot of things well. He's not a good passer. And so you start do the other night and do very good offensive rebounder. He's a guy that sometimes tries to do too much and he will take a bad shot here and there and you go do and you want to go out and choke him. But Dew is a very good passer. So, and Brown is a pretty good passer too. So if those two guys are in the game at the same time, 
you can get some things done inside because one guy can find the other guy. Um, so I think having do the other night really helped him. And he had, he was good do. Okay. He had 13 points, 11 rebounds. He had, I think two or three assists. He had a block shot. And I think he only turned it over once. That's, that's pretty good do. Cajuns tomorrow night, seven o'clock Cajun dome against McNeese state. Uh, 6.30 pregame. You can hear it here as well as Newstalk 96.5 KPL. Jay Walker's got the call. Saturday at Louisiana Tech in Ruston. Uh, a week from tonight in Houston against the Houston Cougars. And then the Cajuns need to watch out because on December 20th, the number two team in the NAIA. Loyola's coming. coming. Loyola's coming. <laughs> They've come a long way since I was in school. There were no scholarship players and they played in the gym where we also worked out often. And uh, but no, they're it's NAI. I know the Cajuns are, are going to be heavily favored, but as far as NAI school goes, Why if, you hate if, the Cajuns? If, if my team is ranked number two in the country, Wolf Pack, baby. <laughs> Look out. Look out. Uh ESPN Lafayette. All right. Welcome back into ESPN Lafayette, best ticketed sports. Scott Prather, Jay Walker in here with me. College football playoff. Cincinnati have a shot against Bama? Well, it's why you play, you know? It's why you play. Look, Alabama was more than ready, okay, against, against Georgia in the SEC championship game. But they probably should have lost to Auburn. They could have lost to Arkansas. They did lose to Texas A&M. They should have lost to LSU. Yeah. So I I don't know that they're this... They're not the number one juggernaut they've been in the past. Correct. You know, I, I think they're mortal. Now, I think Cincinnati's got to play their best game of the year, and I think maybe Alabama's got to help them a little bit. But could that be a game? Yeah, absolutely. Georgia-Michigan could be fun. I mean, I've ragged on Michigan a lot in Jim Harbaugh. Uh, not this time. Coach Khaki Pants has got it going on right they, now. They've, they've earned it. I, I got nothing negative to say. That defense is, is incredible. And, oh, yeah, they lost to Oregon. Well, have you watched them since? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, no, Ohio State lost to Oregon. I'm sorry. Ohio State lost to Oregon. God, where, where, where's my head at this morning? Uh, whatever. Michigan has a loss. Mm-hmm. There you go. And... Um, that loss to Oregon really hurt Ohio State because if they win that but then lose to, to Michigan, I don't know. I feel like the committee, because they're Ohio State, probably would have somehow found a way to to get them in there. But, uh, but no, Michigan's Michigan's legit. They're, they're really, really, really close loss to Michigan State. It wasn't like it was, uh, what the hell happened? I mean, it was, it was a super competitive game. I think Alabama's going to play Michigan for the national championship. Do you? They're good defensively. I don't think Georgia's great offensively. I think Georgia's going to have a hell of a time scoring against Michigan's defense. Take the under, guys. Take the under. Well, that's what I said last week for the championship game in the Sun Belt. Some, somebody puts a social media, bet the over, and I said, oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Nope. Uh, 
you didn't get to hear all of it. I know you're talking to him today. Coach Desermo will be introduced uh, at the uh, Stadium Club at Russo Park today at 3 o'clock, uh, officially as the head football coach of Louisiana. It's free to the public. For any folks that want to go out there, he'll speak. Dr. Maga will speak. Uh, Dr. Savo will speak. And um, you got to hear some of my conversation with him last hour. I'll have that up on our website, the whole conversation, a little later this morning. But uh, what was your biggest takeaway from hearing Coach Dez and I guess his first interview since he became the head coach? It just... Just his so matter-of-fact about everything, you know? he He's going to be compared to Billy, and that's not fair. But there are some similarities between the two guys. You know, he I don't think Mike's going to be a big rah-rah guy in public. Um, I think he'll be great in the locker room. But I think he's very cerebral in a lot of the things that he says. And in that regard, he is very much like Billy. Um, I heard his determination. I heard his confidence. I heard his gratefulness. Here we go. And he'll get to call plays and coach the team. And a week from Saturday... He'll sign his first early signing class uh, a couple days before that. He does not have a lot of time right now, and I, I appreciate all the time he's making for, uh, for he made for me that he'll make, obviously, for you and for everyone today when he's introduced. But uh, he's not sleeping much, so no. all the best to his wife and kids who will get to spend some time with Daddy at Christmas, but right now he's, he's really busy. Yeah. You know, I, I did have a chance to visit with Lindsay. Um because they, they had the awards ceremony. I can't call it a banquet because they didn't serve food. But they had the awards ceremony on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, uh, over at the Doubletree. And at that time, Dr. Maggard introduced Mike as the, as the head coach to the, to the folks that were there. Um, of course, the players already knew, but there were a whole lot more than players there. And when it was over with... He came down and Mike was talking to somebody. And so I, I visited with Lindsay a little bit and I wanted to see if she felt overwhelmed by all of this. And she didn't, you know, I think, I think she's ready. Okay. And, and good for her. She's a very, very nice lady. And of course, you know, that's the old high school sweetheart thing. Um, he's got a, he's got a great family and he's got, he's got a great wife and, you got to have a partner in this. And and I think Allie was such a great partner to Billy um, in his career. And and I think that uh, Lindsay's going to be the same thing with Mike. 51 after the hour, ESPN Lafayette. Final thing, the uh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns take it on Marshall in the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Uh, Dr. Maggard, never been to the new orleans bowl with the team he's pretty excited about this i uh, you know it, it's been it's been it's been five years and uh or five and a half it's it's been a while not five years. 2016 yeah, yeah five years feels like a long time ago um every time once they got to the third new orleans bowl this will be the sixth granted it's been five years once they got to the third one you started to hear from some oh new orleans you know what about a better bowl and then you explain to them contracts and everything else, and some folks get a better understanding and others don't. Personally, I think New Orleans is a good bowl for Louisiana. One, because 
from a Sunbelt tie-in bull. It's got a, a payout that's like 830000 maybe. And for a team that doesn't have to fly, most teams lose money on bowl games. So sure. there, there's, there's a benefit there. You're going to sell tickets. People are going to be there. It's not a flight trip. Um, obviously, proximity. The five biggest games in the history of the New Orleans Bowl, Louisiana played in them. Uh, in comparison to when folks say better bowl, the Sun Belt has contract tie-ins. Now, Keith Gill, the commissioner, maybe he confused a few folks when he said, well, ESPN owns some bowls we're tied into, so if they want, they can mix and match. To be clear, the New Orleans Bowl and the Lending Tree Bowl are, are, are specifically tied into the Sun Belt. And, and the, not a part of the ESPN thing. Correct. The ESPN thing is the Boca Raton Bowl, Camellia Bowl, Cure Bowl, Famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl, Myrtle Beach Bowl, and the New Mexico Bowl. The Sugar Bowl is not in that group, guys. Um, Why not? The Cotton Bowl is not in that group. The idea of, you know, better, it's a relative term. I think I, I gave my reasons why I think New Orleans is a good one. But when folks say that, you know, I had a guy call yesterday, and he, was, he, was, he wasn't complaining. He was curious. Yeah. And I said, look, the reality is Louisiana could have been 13-0 and this year. And they'd still be in the New Orleans Bowl. Correct. Because they're, the, the group of five... Gets one spot in either the college football playoff or a New Year's Select Six. If one's in the college football playoff, they don't get an extra. Automatically. Right. It's it's done. It was Cincinnati. It was always going to be Cincinnati. And even if Cincinnati had lost the game, it was going to be difficult for them to lose that spot. So if it's not a Select Six, either, in my opinion, New Orleans is the best choice, or if you get to a great destination, and the opponent is a really juicy matchup, then I'll, I'll hear it. New Orleans got to pick Louisiana first. They, they have four of the six years of the contract. They can exercise the right to pick whoever they want. Who they pick after that, they don't get first choice. No, these, these bowls are looking out for what they wanted, you know, what's, what's best for what them. What a lot of people don't know, the New Orleans Bowl is a Sunbelt Conference USA Bowl, okay? They have contracts with both of these universities. In Conference USA, the champion gets to decide what bowl they go to. UTSA, as the champion, chose Frisco, where they're going to play San Diego State. Not too far from San Antonio. The um, the independents decided to invite UAB. I mean, that's that's a Conference USA bowl also. And so UAB is going to play BYU. Western Kentucky, who played in the championship game, chose Boca Raton and App State. So now you've got two schools who chose where they're going to go, and then UAB, who got placed in the independence. Now you're playing Marshall. And I knew, and I remember Cajun fans really disappointed last year in the first responder bowl. They were playing a fourth place UTSA team, who, by the way, almost went undefeated this year. I think this Marshall club would have been playing in the championship game if their quarterback hadn't gotten hurt when they played Western Kentucky. The Cajuns are going to be about a touchdown favorite, give or take a point. This is going to be a very competitive football game. And I I think it's good from the standpoint of, 
Heck, you may play them again next year in a conference game. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, you know, I understand where folks are coming from with this. But it is what it is. And, and too, too many don't understand how the bowl system actually works. Well, that's it. They think, that's it. They think you have a good record, a bowl can take you, and there's no strings attached. And that's not true of any bowl out there, period. No. The, they're, um, and, you know, they're a lot, oh, we deserve a better opponent. You know, please stop with your self-entitlement stuff. Sir. You know, this, this program is where it is because it's been a humble program led by humble people. Be humble. Don't overlook an opponent either. Oh, boy, no kidding. Don't overlook an opponent who's coming in and they're, they're, they're going to come in swinging. Well, they're going to come in. They're going to be pissed off because everybody's going to be, oh, well, why are we playing them? They're not any good. Oh, no, no. Look, our fans have given Marshall coaches plenty to hang their hat on already. That's Jay Walker. I'm Scott Prather. This has been the Great Scott Show. Big thanks to Coach Michael Desimo, who joined me in the first hour. Thanks to you for coming in, Jay. It's always great to see you. Appreciate it, man. We'll do it again next week. Family. I was just doing my Brian Kelly imitation. That was was funny. That was funny. Guy just had a moment. The funniest part is the the -the over-the-top jokes. Because it wasn't like he was like, Well, I do say, sir, to what do I bestow the honor? ESPN Lafayette. Tomorrow, Jake DeLome will join me on the show. Bob Marlin, Gary Broadhead as well. Maybe another guest or two. It's going to be fun. Can't wait to talk to you all tomorrow. In the meantime, Dan Patrick is next on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. (laughs) 